Uh, good morning, everybody. It is the 9th of February. That is Wednesday ahead of the CPI number. Tomorrow night in the US is the main event. But overnight, another good day. Dow Jones up 371. NASDAQ up 1.28%. S&P up 0.84%. And the SPY futures this morning up 18. Remarkably, our market saw the SPY futures down 11 yesterday morning, and we ended up 76. And this morning, we're up 29, led by the CBA, up 4.5% on the back of results. And we will get to those in a minute. The things driving the US market are probably a number of things. Geopolitical risk as Macron talks to Putin. And although that's been rubbish by a few few news wires saying that uh, Macron's making more out of it than Putin is, and it's an election year in France, he's trying to look like the man who brings Europe. Russia and Ukraine together. He's apparently been denied that that happened and the Russians still being rude to the Ukraine. But anyway, less geopolitical risk on the back of that. The oil price was down 2.1%. We've also got Goldman Sachs and Citigroup suggesting that a 50 basis point rate rise on March the 16th when the FOMC meets is not really that likely. I think that helped as well. Plus, we've got results pouring out in the US at the moment overnight. No massive ones, but DuPont up 6.3%. Harley-Davidson, which is a big brand, but not that big a company, but it gets mentioned up 15%. Pfizer down 2.8%. Moderna down 4.3%. I had my Moderna jab yesterday and uh, feeling fine. Thank you very much for the moment. And we'll see how I am later today. The European Central Bank also talked about policy adjustment being gradual, which is soothing. HP up 1.04% in the US, Rio up 1.91%. Resources actually very strong across the board. Alcoa was up 9.76% in the US and their joint venture partner, Illumina, AWC this morning in our market up 3.5%. South 32 up 3.3% as well. Aluminium doing Okay. Freeport up 4.4%. US Steel up 4.5%. So you can see resources doing okay everywhere at the moment. Metal price is not doing much. Nickel was down 2.5%. Iron ore price up 0.37%. That's about that. We've got a very, very busy uh, week of results. Tom, how is that going? Well, I am drowning in updates this morning, Marcus. As you said, CBA is the headline result today. And we also have US inflation and the Fed minutes releasing the next quarter. 48 hours, so that's exciting there. But on to CBA, result very well received. An increased dividend, $2 billion on market buyback, very much outweighing a softer net interest margin and softer well, expectations for a soft net interest margin into the second half as well. The phrase improvement in economic outlook was mentioned about 26 times in the release. So positives seen on the horizon there. Operating expenses were flat, which was another positive. And Credit Suisse earlier in the week had highlighted expectations for high costs. So that is positive there. Other big results this morning, mineral resources is down more than 6% early, swinging to a half-year loss. Earnings hit by a collapse in the iron ore price in the half. So that not really boding well for the other big iron ore miners. Consumer discretionary names struggling to cycle pandemic numbers. Temple and Webster and BAPCOR, and Christy pointed this out, 
Thanks for pointing it out. Profits both slipping from a year ago. I haven't seen how they've responded actually, but the, the profits are down, struggling with that cycling of wrong pandemic sales. And they're up 13%. Quite well received, I'm afraid. And Temple and Webster are up 13% as well. Yeah, no, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. I like them. So the market's liking Temple and Webster. Computer share results after the bell yesterday look pretty good as well. And the market is responding uh, positively to them. Earnings per share guidance was upgraded for the full year. I know Ben has been talking about them quite a bit. And economists are now expecting the RBA to pull the trigger before the European Central Bank on higher rates. Um, one last thing, Marcus, you'll enjoy this. The US announced the largest financial seizure ever and arrested the crocodile of Wall Street, apparently, who hacked about $5 billion worth of Bitcoin back in 2016. That is exciting development for the crocodile. Right. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, just to give you the price reaction, CBA up 4.6%, computer shares up 8.3%, mineral resources doing a bit better now, down 4.6%, Temple and Webster up 12.8%, another set of results Henry might mention, DGL up 10% today. Also, a couple of other things, Nick Scarly, the Scarly family, despite media speculation, say they're not selling shares, but the share price is down a touch today. And Megaport has had results as well, MP1, they're down 1% today. Right. Uh, Leighton, what's the broke stuff saying today? Share price went up 5.5%. And there was some really positive broker commentary on that. There's a couple of buyers, a couple of outperforms. Morgan's upgraded to an ad. And most of the brokers lifted their targets. I think it was all but two. The average target price is 12% above the current share price. Suncorp result. We've got a dividend coming up on February the 14th, 23 cents, 1.9% yield on that, which I think including franking is about 2.3%. And it turned up on the technical scan this morning as bouncing, basically had a good set of results. And that sometimes starts a trend with a dividend coming up. Some income people might want to have a look at that. And did you do the Macquarie research? The Macquarie research after the results yesterday, I've got the average target price up 10%. We've got recommendations, neutral, overweight, buy, accumulate, hold, generally quite positive after the results yesterday. I also got Nanasonics. I see Morgan's has got an ad recommendation with a target price 24% above the current share price after the recent share price fall. I'm not sure whether they're brokers, uh, but I would just point out that sometimes if a small broker on a small stock is the only one that's really covering the stock properly, uh, they are biased to promote their corporate client. I don't know whether Morgan's is there or Nanasonics is Morgan's corporate client. Uh, the other one that I thought was a bit of a worry for nickel enthusiasts like myself was Morgan Stanley's got an underweight on IGO with a target price 17% below the current share price. Right, Henry, what have we got in Henry's take today? Um, thanks, Marcus. Uh, just a little look at uh, a few stocks today. One of those is BAPCOR, uh, which had its results today. So looking at adding that one to the portfolio. I wrote yesterday about BTI, Bailador as a uh, discounted LIC. Uh, the results are out today. Uh, I was looking to add it to the portfolio, but unfortunately it has rallied 0.3% since yesterday. So that's a bit annoying. Uh, also looking for an iron ore play. So we'll be adding um, Mount Gibson. Added that one this morning at 46 cents. They're now at 4.5%. But I also wrote an article today about uh, electric vehicle charging stations and the infrastructure boom that Macquarie is set to rise. Interestingly, one stock that we follow and have written 
written about fire technology is up 91% today. Uh, we wrote about that extensively last year as a uh, as a way to play Tritium Boom. Now, Tritium is a uh, Brisbane-based company that makes charging stations. It's probably the biggest one in the world. That stock was up 60-odd percent last night in the US after announcing a new plant in Tennessee. Rectifier supplies stuff for them, 93% as we talked. So that's been pretty good. So uh, that's about it, really, I think. Enough. Uh, Chris, technical stuff today. Yeah, so I'll just uh, back over computer share. It's a position that I hold currently. Results were well ahead of expectations. Market was expecting results in line with the previous half. The results came in much better than expected. As Tom mentioned, earnings per share guidance was upgraded, stock up 8.5%. I'll continue to hold this one. I'll, uh, it's showing as a profit in the trades, but I'll wait to see what the brokers say about it tomorrow. I would not be surprised to see some upgrades because, uh, again, the, the brokers were hoping for an inline result this time out and then a, an improving second half. We've got to beat this time out, so uh, hopefully we'll see some upgrades there or at the very least. Target price is moving north, so I'll wait to see that research and hopefully it gets another kick tomorrow. Uh, aside from that, the chart of the day, a uh, little specky stock at the graphite miner. Uh, it's called Renascore Resources, stock code RNU. Uh, I don't know much about it other than the fact that the chart looks fantastic. And that's the whole idea of chart of the day, of course. Don't really concern myself with the fundamentals. Uh, the chart has exploded higher from being sub 10 cents to now being 30 cents within a very short space of time. It's basically all happened uh, in this current calendar year. Volume has taken off. There's plenty of people out there trading it. And this is a pure momentum play. So for anyone who likes graphite or anyone who likes uh, a, tr- a good trending stock, stock code RNU is one worth having a look at. Great. Thanks, Chris. Right, Marcus, what have I written about today? I have got carried away with something that one of our members, Richard, I'll mention Christian name, Richard pointed out to us that the flight center share price looks like the stock, if it was to recover its pre-pandemic highs, it looks like that a flight center should double. Pre-pandemic, it was $43. It's now $20. So the implication after this border opening announcement this week is that flight center should go up. And when you look at a chart, you rather think to yourself, wow, it's got the potential to go back to its pre-pandemic highs, which is doubling from here. Richard pointed out, and I've done a little bit of investigation on Reuters, that the market value, which is the market cap essentially, but Reuters allows you to put in a formula, multiply number of shares by share price. The market value or market cap of Flight Center, despite the share price halving and the potential to double, the, the market value or market cap of Flight Center is only down 17% from its pre-pandemic high. And all these companies, travel companies, have had massive share issues. The, the market capitalization of the stock uh, is way above what the share price is. So Webjet share price is down 41% from the pre-pandemic high, but the market value of the stock is up 19.6%. So Richard's contention is that charts are misleading, presumably because the theoretical X rights price calculation that adjusts the whole price history on a share issue, I'm boring everybody now, uh, is somewhat flawed uh, and therefore share price doesn't necessarily represent the value of the company. Anyway, have a look at my section today and you'll see it's the same for every company that's had a big share issue. Uh, The share price looks like it's down a lot since the pandemic, but in fact, uh, the market value of the company is up there. And as I say, with Webjet, it's actually worth more as a company now than it was pre the pandemic. Anyway, have a look at that. I've called the section before you buy travel, but I should have called it 
Richards title, which was misleading charts. And the implication is if the ASX is recalculating share price histories, not incorrectly, but I, I suppose whatever they decide is correct is correct. But if they are uh, allowing the share price to depart from the value of the company, then maybe technical analysis is based on fairly flawed share price charts anyway. Whatever. Have a look at that. Hopefully I'm wrong. It's all a bit detailed. There we go. Right. That's about that. Now, question of the day today. If you had to name one book for members to go and read, it has to be stock market related. And if anybody mentions a book by Warren Buffett, they're lying because I don't think he's written one. I think there have been loads of books written about him, but not by him. Anyway, someone's going to email me now saying, yes, he has written a book. Anyway, name a book. He has written a book, Marcus. It's called Snowball. Thank you very much, Christopher. Right. If there was one book you would uh, recommend members go and read uh, about the stock market, uh, what would it be? Christopher. Reminiscences of a Stock Operator. Fortunately, I just did a book review on our On The Desk podcast last week. Uh, The book was written in the 20s. Uh, It chronicles the story of uh, a trader by the name of, I think Edwin Lefebvre wrote it, uh, and it chronicles the stories of a trader who made and lost a multi-million dollar fortunes many times over. It's a rollicking yarn, if nothing else, but it also has some of those pearls of wisdom. Uh, Things like stocks are never too uh, high to buy, never too low to sell, and a whole host of other nuggets that are in there uh, that are fantastic and and, uh, uh, scattered throughout the the story. So anyone who is interested in the market, the movings of the market, uh, I would strongly suggest that one. Chris, isn't isn't this book supposed to be about Jesse Livermore? Yes, Jesse Livermore is the name of the trader. Yes, sorry, you're right. Written by Edward. Right, and I I would just say that is, yeah, that is one of the, you know, 10 classic books people read about the stock market. It is rather old. Uh, And let me just tell you something about Jesse Livermore. If I can get this right, he was married, he was married to a lady who I think he was the fourth husband and they all committed suicide. Jesse Livermore was supposed to be a trend follower, but he missed this trend because he committed, because he committed suicide. Can you believe that? Anyway, uh, hopefully I've got that right. I'm pretty sure I have. Uh, Right. Tom. Stock market for dummies. And you know, the first, I think it was within the first week of me working at Marcus today, years ago, you handed that book to me and look how far I've come. So worth worthwhile piece of... Serious question. Have you actually read it cover to cover? Not cover to cover. I, I handed it to you as a joke, Tom, but uh, you obviously thought it was for you. Um, no, those dummies um, books are actually really good because they usually find, not necessarily on the stock market, but they usually find some really skilled people in their space dump the known uh, universe of known knowledge about a particular subject. So I quite respect those dummies. Ben? I listened to this book last year, which is not how you're supposed to do books, but it did work, uh, which often financial books don't. And that is Market Wizards, which is a Jack Wager published in 1989, a collection of stories and learnings from interviews with uh, different traders, investors, and market wizards. Uh, it was an interesting read and definitely picked up a Yeah, another classic. Henry? Um, just as an aside, Marcus, you're very close with your uh, Jesse Livermore. Uh, he married a lady called Harriet Metz Noble, and at least two of her five husbands killed themselves, including one who hanged himself after the Wall Street crash in 1929. There you go. As far as uh, books go, I guess Liar's Poker is kind of a mandatory reading uh, for anyone. And that's, uh, of course, written by uh, Mr. Lewis, Michael Lewis, has, who has gone on from that uh, auspicious start to write many other books, including 
including the big short, which was the subject of the movie and details, the GFC and the reaction to it. But Liar's Poker was where it all began. And very certainly it was required reading at Macquarie when it first came out. That is for sure. It was a very well-thumbed tomb. Uh, that's about it. Thanks, Henry. Uh, Leighton. Stock market secrets by Marcus Hadley. That fabulous book. Uh, apparently he's a bestseller. He sold 10,000 copies. He only had to buy 9,000 of them himself. And <laughs> it was going to be called Stock Market Stories, that book. But the publisher thought it would sell better if it was called Secrets. I did try to point out, well, once they're published, they're not secret. And they weren't very secret anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, my book, I love a book called The Dick Davis Dividend. I don't think you'll be able to find it. So you probably wouldn't bother chasing it. You wanted to read it. But Dick Davis was a, a guy who was a journalist newsletter writer in the US. And the Dick Davis dividend was when he retired, he decided to dump everything he thought without caring about the politics or who he offended. And it was, I felt he was much like me in many ways of just telling people as it is. Anyway, he wrote a book called The Dick Davis Dividend, which was the dividend for readers from his experience in the stock market. And because you're not going to find that one that our members suggest, one of our members suggested recently, which sounds terrible. It's actually quite a good read. Trade Like a Stock Market Wizard by Mark Minervini, who is this guy who has won the US Investing Championships a number of years by finding super performance stocks. He's using a lot of clickbait stuff, but uh, it's actually quite a good read, uh, an idle read. And that's about that. Right, good. Marcus, just uh, quickly, the Dick Davis Davis dividend is $30 on Amazon or $35 on Kindle. So hardcover or audio, easily found. Oh, good. Fabulous. I might I might just refresh myself because someone borrowed my copy. Not in your library somewhere, is it, Tom? Anyway. No, still, uh, still getting through the dummies. <laughs> uh, good. Doesn't seem to have had any impact, though. All uh, right. We are uh, away. Stock market up 30. Uh, CBA up 4.7%. A much better tone to the market recently. You all have a fabulous day and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.